everyone. We're nearing the end of another amazing podcast season, and I'm so excited for the 12 Days of Christmas episodes and giveaways, which kicks off on December 25th. So yes, welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Nikki to have an honest chat about a common thriller trope. We're going to discuss memory loss, amnesia, you know, the thriller books where someone can't remember what matters most. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki and I'm an avid reader of thrillers and I've been trying to branch out into horrors, romances, and other genres that intimidate me. I have a YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name, Nikki read that, and I'm working on being more consistent on those platforms. Thanks, Gwen, for having me back. I love having you on. I wanted to quickly mention a few updates to my Patreon. Starting in January 2023, I will have two tiers available. There will be the standard $5 tier, and I will be adding a $7 tier for anyone interested in extra fun events like exclusive readathons, exchanges, and a new private video chat feature. So whether you're already a night owl or you're considering becoming one, I'm very excited about these changes so that I can offer you even more bookish content along with all of the standard things like monthly reading wrap-ups, movie nights, reading sprints, all of that fun stuff. I'm also very excited to share that you can buy your very own Talk Bookish to Me baseball cap. They're available in black, navy, pink, and khaki. They feature the Talk Bookish to Me logo right from my podcast art. They're $28 and ship in batches. So be aware of the extended processing at shipping time. Check the show notes to buy a cap and join Patreon. As a returning podcast guest, you know what time it is, Nikki. The standard questions that I like to ask everybody. So what's the last book you gave five stars to? Yes, I do remember this from last time and I came prepared. The last book I gave five stars to was Then She Was Gone by Lisa Jewell. We followed Laurel and her continued search for her daughter, Ellie, who suddenly went missing 10 years ago. Laurel hasn't given up even when it seems hope has been lost. She meets a man named Floyd one day in a cafe and they strike up a relationship. And finally, when she goes to his house for dinner one evening, Laurel meets his daughter, Poppy, who was the spitting image of her missing daughter, Ellie. The twists were slightly predictable, but I had a great time reading this fast paced thriller. What book has been on your TBR the longest and why haven't you read it yet? So last time I was on your podcast, my answer was Born Standing Up, a comic's life by Steve Martin, and I had had it on my shelves for a very long time. I'm proud to report to you, Gwen, that I have since read it. I know. I'll wait for the applause to stop. After looking at my shelves and seeing what has been on there the longest, my new answer is Orange is the New Black by Piper Kerman. It's a nonfiction memoir, which I actually didn't really know, about Piper being convicted and sentenced to 15 months in a women's prison in Connecticut. It follows her first strip search up until her release and what she learned and who she met along the way. I haven't read it yet, mainly because I saw the show on Netflix and never really picked it up after that. It isn't a very long book, so I should get to it ASAP. So next question, pick your poison. Who is your favorite author or what's your favorite book? So my favorite author is Lucinda Berry. She is queen of thrillers. I've read all of her books and she has a way of writing that sucks you in so deep you don't even realize you've read an entire book in just one sitting. She's absolutely brilliant. I know. I also love Lucinda Berry. I'm so excited because during the 12 days of Christmas episodes and giveaways, Jesse and I do a deep dive into Lucinda Berry and all of her books. So hopefully people tune into that episode and hear what she has available. And her new release comes out in January and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, So I'm currently reading 
reading All I Want for Christmas by Maggie Knox, the author duo that wrote The Holiday Swap. All I Want for Christmas is about Max and Sadie, who are vying to be the winner of a singing reality show. One week they are paired up for the duet competition, and they're such a hit that the producers demand they remain a duo on and off stage. So they start fake dating and they despise each other. Will their fake relationship be exposed before they can win the competition or will their phony connection turn real by the Christmas finale? Are you currently reading anything? I'm currently reading Harvest Moon Kisses by Linda Carroll Brad. It's a net galley arc that I have and it's a shorter one so I figured I could get it busted out um, and work towards my my goal of 75 books this year. I've been slacking. Um, but it's about Tamsin and her family. They own and operate a pumpkin patch and corn maze and it's not very profitable. Tamsin's father is threatening to plow it and put in a cash crop so their family can make ends meet. Tamsin has had so many magical moments in the pumpkin patch and wants others to experience that magic as well. So she's working to come up with an idea to keep the pumpkin patch above water when she crosses paths with ex-football player Harper Ashton as he's visiting a friend after experiencing a career-ending elbow injury. The rest is pure, fuzzy, warm feelings romance. All right, Nikki, let's do this. We've talked at length about this subject, and I hope we cover everything we hope to cover in this episode, because off the record, we had some pretty great chats about this trope, including what we liked and what we didn't like. And this was originally going to be like a straightforward recommendation episode, but we decided together to switch it up and talk about the trope a bit more, because as we read more and more books with this theme, we noticed certain things that maybe we liked and some that we didn't when it comes to the amnesia memory loss trope and thrillers. Um, there will still be recommendations, of course. I also think it would be interesting to do a follow-up episode at some point um, with romance books because I came across a lot of those as well. So maybe in the future, romance books with memory loss and amnesia, but today we're strictly talking about thrillers. So what if you couldn't remember yesterday? What if you didn't know where you went, what you did, or even who you are? Trusting people doesn't always come easy, but sometimes you can't even trust yourself. That's the case in these thrillers, which range from injury-associated memory problems to dementia. One thing I noticed was that even within this trope, there's different types of memory loss ranging from like accident-induced memory loss, trauma-induced memory loss, foggy memories due to excessive drinking, which we're about to talk about. And of course, like the age health related types of memory loss. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we both agreed the most annoying and overused theme is the alcohol related memory loss. Oh my gosh, 110% yes. When I tell you that the majority of the amnesia trope books I read covered alcohol related memory loss, I'm not kidding you. Don't get me wrong, if that's something you're really into, then by all means, read those. I have several suggestions for you. I even found one that I enjoyed using that trope, but I felt that it was a little bit of a cop-out in most cases. I feel like amnesia can be such a scary thing, and it can be used so well in the thriller genre, but when you make it about alcoholism or abuse of that particular substance, it is completely avoidable. Want to remember something? 
don't drink in excess. Am I right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so we are going to go ahead and talk about some recommendations that we've read. Now, I'm not saying that we've loved all of these books. These are just books like this is something that Nikki and I found that we didn't personally enjoy all of the time. But these are some recommendations that we read that have this particular sub trope of <laughs> like memory loss. So the first one I have for you is a novella by Lucinda Berry. It's One Little Mistake by Lucinda Berry. And it's where the protagonist Alexa finds herself in the drunk tank at the police station with no recollection of how she got there. This is available as an audible original and it's very, very short. It's a good story because it's Lucinda Berry, but it goes in directions you're probably not expecting. The one that I had read was The Flight Attendant by Chris Bohalian or Bojalian. I listened to a different couple ways of pronouncing his name and there are two correct ways, he says. So, Bojalian. Cassandra is no stranger to hangovers. She's a binge drinker and her job with the airline makes it easy to find adventure. When she awakes in Dubai, a Dubai hotel room. She tries to piece the previous night back together. She quietly slides out of bed, careful not to aggravate her already pounding head, and looks at the man she spent the night with. She sees his dark hair, his utter stillness, and blood, a slick, dill, wet pool on the crisp white sheets. This one has also been adapted into a TV series starring Kaylee Cuoco. Have you seen the TV series yet? I haven't. Um, I read this book with a former coworker when I was doing my desk job, and we listened to it in one sitting during our shift. And she actually went on to watch the series, and she said that it took a twist that she wasn't really expecting. Um, I think they also signed for a second season. Okay, the next one is a classic, The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins, um, that gives narratives from three different women about relationship troubles, and for the main protagonist alcoholism. Um, it's also been adapted into a movie, which can be streamed via Netflix. And another classic, The Woman in the Window by AJ Finn. Anna spends her days drinking too much alcohol. Shocker. <laughs> Playing online chess, communicating with other recluses through the Agora, Agora online forum, watching old movies and meeting with her shrink and physical therapist. She also spends time spying on her neighbors, including the Russells, a family that moved in across the street. There is Ethan, the reserved and polite teenage son, Alistair, the controlling father, and Jane, a friendly woman with whom Anna shares many interests. One evening, while looking out the window, Anna witnesses Jane being stabbed and calls the police. The Russells deny that any sort of attack took place. The police, including Detectives Little and Norelli, also don't believe Anna's story as another woman who claims to be Jane is alive and uninjured. Anna insists the woman claiming to be Jane is not the same woman she met before. It's also been adapted into a movie starring Amy Adams. We love Amy Adams and it's available on Netflix. All right, so moving on to accident or trauma-induced memory loss. Let me just say that this is the way to write about memory loss for me. The accident or trauma-related memory loss is so fun to read about. It's fun to learn everything along with the main character, and it creates a sense of urgency to everything that character does because they either need the information they're missing to help someone in need, whether that be that they're missing, or that the main character themselves were a witness to that said crime, 
or they're just trying to make sure they're not the victim of another attack and are in danger themselves with no idea who did this to them. I love this one. It just seems like a little bit more plausible to me. Um, saying accident or trauma is like super simplified, but I quite enjoy this because it often means an unreliable narrator or a past and present timeline or I don't know, like something basically other than alcohol or health related disorders. Basically what I'm trying to say is that I like this one. Um, we have some recommendations that fall under this category. The first one I want to mention is In a Dark, Dark Wood by Ruth Ware. Nora wakes up in a hospital with an astounding headache and myriad cuts, bruises, and other injuries. She is struggling to remember the events prior to her hospitalization. As the memories gradually resurface, she realizes that she is under police protection and that there has been a murder. Dun, dun, dun. Um, another one is We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. Cadence can't remember the accident that caused her horrible migraines, but she slowly discovers the truth about what happened one summer with her fellow liars. The less you know going into this novel, the better. It's unexpected, original, and very surprising. Another classic, Lisa Jewell, I Found You. This was the first Lisa Jewell book I ever read. It encompasses all of the domestic suspense thriller genre. Like this is like classic. So you'll love all that good stuff while trying to find out why this hot guy with amnesia washed up on her personal beach and the page turning story behind it. I have that one on my TBR, so that makes me even more excited to read it. Loved Before I Go to Sleep by S.J. Watson. Christine wakes up every morning in an unfamiliar bed with an unfamiliar man. She looks in the mirror and sees an unfamiliar, middle-aged face. And every morning, the man she has woken up with must explain that he is Ben, he is her husband. She is 47 years old, and a terrible accident two decades ago decimated her ability to form new memories. Every day, Christine must begin again and restruct her past. And the closer she gets to the truth, the more unbelievable it seems. This has been adapted into a movie starring, starring Nicole Kidman. I thought that the book was so good. Um, it's kind of like Fifty First Dates, you know, the one with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, but with deceit <laughs> and deception. Um, the next recommendation I have is The Perfect Wife by J.P. Delaney. This one has a bit of a sci-fi twist to it. It's the first book I read by this author, and I have since gone on to read his entire backlist and anything new he's released. In this one, Abby awakens in a daze with no memory of who she is or how she landed in this unsettling condition. The man by her side claims to be her husband. He's a titan of the tech world, the founder of one of Silicon Valley's most innovative startups. He tells Abby that she is a gifted artist, an avid surfer, a loving mother to their young son, and the perfect wife. He says she had a terrible accident five years ago and that through a huge technological breakthrough, she has been brought back from the abyss. No way. I have heard, I have talked to people because I rated it, I think, four or five stars. Like, I really liked this one. Um, it's what made me pick up his other books. Um, but people either love this one or hate this one. I love this one. So if you're a fan of The Perfect Wife by J.P. Delaney, let me know on Instagram at Talkbookers Podcast because I loved it. It was so good. I actually have on my TBR as well. And I didn't realize it had a sci-fi twist. That's actually pretty interesting because I don't read a lot of the sci-fi genre. So I think that would be a good introduction if it's peppered in with some thriller because that's my genre of choice. 
So one that I just finished actually last night, I was pretty proud of myself, um, is In the Dark We Forget by Sandra S.G. Wong. Um, This is about a woman who wakes up with amnesia beside a mountain highway. Confused and alone, she fights to regain her identity, only to learn that her parents have disappeared not long after her mother bought a winning $47 million lottery ticket. I rated it four stars, um, mainly because when I was reading it, I I had a harder time getting into it. And I think it could have been because I was only reading it at night, like before I'd go to bed. Um, And it wasn't until I paired it with the audiobook while I was on vacation that I really started getting submersed into the story. Um, And submerged, I think is the word I was looking for. Submerged into the story. And um, it went very quickly. The twist, I wasn't expecting, um, but I thought it w- it made sense. It was like a probable thing. Um, and I think that's what made this one so scary to me is like, um, it also had a really good conversation about Asian culture. And I can't speak to that. Um, I'm Caucasian. But um, I thought it was interesting how she had talked about um, the things you discuss with that culture, the things you don't discuss how families can be kind of secretive. And so um, not with her not knowing about anything because she had amnesia, she was also finding out things about her family that she wouldn't have known because they don't talk about it. It was very interesting. I really appreciated the conversation. I thought it was really good. So my next recommendation under this subcategory um, is also a recent read of mine, and it's The Damage by Caitlin Weir, but it's spelled W-A-H-R-E-R. So I'm going to have all of the books linked in the show notes. You guys don't have to remember this stuff, but The Damage by Caitlin Weir, um, content warnings on this one for a brutal sexual assault with an assumed sexual predator. Um, That doesn't happen on page, but it is referred to a lot. So just know that going in. So the damage begins with Nick, a college student who plans to meet up with a guy he likes at a bar. He arrives earlier with some friends, but when it's clear that his actual date is not coming, he flirts with an older man. The two of them hit it off, the drinks keep coming, and one thing leads to another until Nick finds himself the victim of an extremely violent sexual assault. What makes the damage unique is that instead of the book focusing on the detective who's trying to solve this horrific crime, it focuses almost entirely on the family's experiences in the aftermath of said crime. In the damage, the reader is privy to the innermost thoughts of the victim and his family members, their emotions and reactions to what happened to Nick take center stage and help guide the story while the detective's questions, theories, and thoughts remain in the background. Yes, the detective certainly shapes the story, but his job of solving the case is not the main focus. The focus is really on what happens to Nick and the links his family will go to to both help and protect him. So hard topic, yes, but loved the writing and that is the author's debut, which blew my mind. So definitely will be on my radar moving forward. Um, Lastly, let's talk about health or age-related memory loss. I've discovered that I really enjoy this because it's the most believable. And I have a close family member of mine with memory issues of this sort. So these topics when they come up in books really hit close to home for me personally. Yeah, this is another great way to write about memory loss, in my opinion, it's heartbreaking, because it's something we know can happen. So it makes um, 
it makes it so much more believable because we all know someone who either deals with this directly or has someone that they know and love with this issue. I have only one recommendation to share, but it was a recent read, We Spread by Ian Reed. Um, this is probably more horror than thriller, but I'm counting it. Um, in this one, Penny has lived in the same apartment for decades, surrounded by the artifacts and keepsakes of her long life. She is resigned to the mundane rituals of old age until things start to slip. Before her longtime partner passed away years earlier, provisions were made, unbeknownst to her, for a room in a unique long-term care residence, where Penny finds herself after one too many incidents. Surrounded by peers, conversing, eating, sleeping, looking out at the beautiful woods that surround the house, all is well. She even begins to paint again. But as the days start to blur together, Penny, with a growing sense of unrest and distrust, starts to lose her grip on the passage of time and on her place in the world. Is she succumbing to the subtly destructive effects of aging? Or is she an unknowing participant in something more unsettling? Yeah, I had a good friend um, reach out to me knowing that I had read the book and said that they have someone that's in a long-term care facility and would that be a good time to read it? Um, and I think it's going to affect everybody differently. And I would say if you're hesitant, the book's always going to be there. Wait until you're in a space to read that, you know? I just think it's better to be safe than sorry in a case like that. Um, one I was unable to read in time for this episode that I'm still really excited about is Elizabeth is Missing by Emma Healy, which is a story about an aging woman with memory issues that may hinder her day-to-day -day activities, but help her solve a crime that occurred decades ago. So um, there's this other book that I came across called The Pocket Wife by Susan H. Crawford. It's a woman suffering from bipolar disorder. She cannot remember if she murdered her friend during a breakdown. Dana Cottrell is horrified to learn that she was the last person to see her neighbor Celia alive. Suffering from a devastating mania, a result of her bipolar disorder, Dana finds that there are troubling holes in her memory, including what happened on the afternoon of Celia's death. As evidence starts to point in her direction, Dana struggles to clear her name before her own demons win out. The closer she comes to piecing together shards of her broken memory, the more Dana falls apart. So I know we did a little deep dive into this whole memory loss thing, and we both might be burnt out on it for a little bit, but is it something you think you'll continue reading, and are there any other books on your radar? Um, yeah, I will definitely be reading more amnesia-type books. I love this trope when it's done correctly, based on what I found I loved. I have a few more on my radar that I wasn't able to get to yet, one of them being Stay Awake by Megan Golden, the author of The Night Swim, which was another book I absolutely loved. The synopsis says, quote, Liv Reese wakes up in the back of a taxi with no idea where she is or how she got there. When she's dropped off at the door of her brownstone, a stranger answers, a stranger who now lives in her apartment, and forces her out into the cold. She reaches for her phone to call for help, only to discover it's missing, and in its place is a blood-stained knife. That's when she sees that her hands are covered in black pen. Scribbled messages like graffiti on her skin say, stay awake. I have chills. I need to read it ASAP. Yeah, this is also on my TBR. So yeah, I really, you know, I have some more on my radar already. I'll definitely be reading more 
more. I need a little break, which is fine because um, I don't own any of them. So it's not like they're staring me in the face or anything. But in the future, I definitely plan on picking some of these up. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think it would be interesting to do like romance books with memory loss as a theme. But I also think I would be open to doing and sharing a part two with thriller books with memory loss again, um, especially since there's so many like sub genres of that. I don't know what is that sub I don't know you know what I'm saying anyway listeners let me know what you think yeah this was a really fun experience I really think it opened my eyes to the things I like in this trope as well as things I know I need to avoid based on my tastes I do think that there is a need for more amnesia amnesia trope books written and goodreads if you're listening make an amnesia memory loss genre on the app to make it easier to locate these gems and thanks again for having me, Gwen. Seriously, look forward to all of our discussions, and I'm honored to be here. Talk Focus to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Follow me on Instagram at TalkBookishPodcast. Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Also, the link for Patreon is in the show notes, along with the links for Nikki's social media. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.